Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. I'm Cody Goff, and I'm your host today. Ashley's back tomorrow. Today, you'll learn about why space travel causes back pain, how cats track their owner's movements, and a mineral that scientists found inside a diamond that tells us more about the Earth's lower mantle. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If your back hurts, it could be because you hurt yourself or because you're getting older, or maybe you've been to space. A new report from Johns Hopkins University found that back pain is surprisingly common in astronauts. It's one more way that leaving the comfort of Earth's gravity appears to be bad for the human body. So let's talk about what I mean when I say bad. Well, the review looked at data from 722 space flights and found that roughly 52% of astronauts report back pain within the first two to five days of arriving in orbit. 52%! It's so common that it even has a name, space adaptation back pain. Now, given the high-level performance expectations from every member of an ISS crew, this condition poses certain risks. Although the pain is relatively minor most of the time, it's a common enough problem to cause concern. As for why this happens, well, our bodies are very well adapted to being on Earth, and Earth's gravity is a big part of that. Our spines are finely tuned to hold our bodies upright against forces that would pull us down. Our weight compresses our spines into a natural curve here on Earth, but in space, we're not under that kind of force. Without those stresses, our spines stretch out, and our bodies in general. Astronauts who spend significant lengths of time in orbit grow by roughly three inches, or seven and a half centimeters, because of this. That growth spurt comes at a cost. Our spines straighten as they stretch. This is not as good of a thing as it sounds, though. The natural curve of your spine allows it to act as a shock absorber when you walk. Now, astronauts have been fighting the effects of microgravity ever since the dawn of the space age. For example, daily resistance exercises help them keep their muscles and bones from withering away in the low-gravity environment. But none of this seems to be a great substitute for the effects of good old gravity itself. So what if we brought gravity to space? The researchers say that one way to do that would be to use centrifugal forces, the kind you might see in the spinning spacecraft of science fiction, like 2001 A Space Odyssey. More practically, researchers suggest designing special spinal compression suits that maintain constant pressure on the shoulders and hips. But when similar devices have been tested, astronauts have complained that they reduce range of motion and flexibility. So the hunt for a good solution was still ongoing. But hey, nobody said going to space was easy. Or, I mean, if they did, they, they were wrong. They were wrong. Going to space is not easy. So... Cats are very good at hiding from humans. If they don't want you to know where they are, they won't. But it turns out we're not as good at hiding from cats. A recent experiment found that cats use sound to create a mental map that tracks their owner's location, which suggests there might be a lot more going on in the feline mind than we used to think. This experiment took place in a lab at Kyoto University in Japan. The researchers used 50 felines that were either house cats or lived at cat cafes. Each cat was placed in a room with two loudspeakers hidden behind doors or windows on opposite ends of the room. 
One of the speakers, like the one behind the door, for example, would play a recording of either the cat's owner or a stranger saying the cat's name. The cat might look toward the door or more likely do nothing. If the owner's voice played a second time from the same direction, the cat would continue to act completely aloof. But when the same voice was projected from the opposite side of the room, the cat seemed to take notice. Their ears would perk up in surprise upon hearing their owner's voice coming from an impossible direction, as if they had teleported from one place to another. The researchers say that this suggests something really special about cats. They argue that cats make mental maps of their surroundings based on audio cues. When they would hear their owner's voice come from a particular direction, they would place their owner on a mental map in that direction. They wouldn't be surprised if the next voice they heard came from the same location, but the cats were surprised when the second cue disagreed with their mental map. This shows that cats have a sense of object permanence, or an awareness of objects existing even when they can't see them. That's an ability that humans don't even fully develop until we're 8 to 12 months old. We've seen it in cats before, along with other non-human animals like primates, bears, dogs, and Eurasian jays. But this is the first time scientists have demonstrated that cats can use audio cues, not just visual cues, to track the location of a hidden object. In this case, it should be called object permanence. <sighs> Workers at a diamond mine in Botswana recently uncovered a gift from deep in the earth. It was a quote-unquote flawed diamond that contained a mineral scientists had never seen before. They had suspected that it existed, and now that they finally have proof, it's helped us learn more about the earth's lower mantle. As you might expect, it's really hard to directly observe things that are thousands of miles below the earth's surface. I mean, the deepest hole humans have ever dug is just over seven and a half miles or 12.2 kilometers. Anything that lies deeper than that is usually out of our grasp. That's a shame because things are very interesting in the deeper parts of the planet where the weight of Earth bears down with incredible force. The high pressure there protects delicate minerals that can't exist up here on the surface. This new mineral is dubbed Dave Mauite after a famous high-pressure geophysicist named Hokuang Dave Mao. And long before the mineral was found, scientists had predicted its existence in laboratory experiments. They think Dave Mauite accounts for about 6% of Earth's lower mantle, which itself accounts for more than half the planet's volume. At some point a long time ago, a tiny piece of it was trapped inside a diamond as it formed. Diamond is tough stuff, so it managed to hug the mineral tightly enough to keep its crystal structure from rearranging as it ascended from as deep as 1,700 miles under the surface. That's a journey of 2,700 kilometers. And like I said, geologists have never seen the lower mantle, but they can infer a lot based on their knowledge of matter, pressure, and the Earth itself. Researchers can also collect evidence by subjecting minerals to very, very high pressure and seeing what happens. But the diamond-encased fleck of Dave Mauite shows there's no substitute for the real thing. Experiments had led most researchers to think Dave Mauite was almost pure calcium silicate perovskite. It turns out the real thing contains a lot of potassium. 
Dave Malloyd wasn't the only high-pressure treasure sealed within the diamond. It also contained a super compact type of ice and a mineral called woostite. The sample also contains clues that could help researchers figure out where on Earth, or make that where in the Earth, they can find deposits of the radioactive elements that seem to be keeping the inside of our planet toasty warm. This all goes to show that what they say is true. Diamonds are a geophysicist's best friend. Some friend. Alright, my coffee's starting to kick in. So, let's recap the main things we learned today. And I'll start with what we learned about space travel. As in, it causes back pain. That's because when astronauts don't have Earth's gravity pressing them down, their spines stretch and straighten. And sure, if you dream of being taller, maybe that'll help, but it also reduces the spine's ability to absorb shocks. Now, there are a couple possible fixes, like resistance exercise and special spinal compression suits, but none of those fixes are perfect yet. So the hunt for a solution is still on. We also learned that cats can track their owner's movements using sound, even if they can't see them. Researchers learned this by playing a recording of a person's voice coming from one part of a room and then again from the opposite side of the room. Cats were more surprised by this than if the voice came from the same direction both times, as if it violated a mental map they had been keeping of the person's location. So no, you probably can't hide from your cat, even if your cat can hide from you. And you certainly can't hide from McCavity. McCavity? There's no one like McCavity. He's broken every human law. He breaks the law of gravity. You know, you may seek him in a basement, you may look up in the air, but I'm telling you once, and I'll tell you once again, McCavity's not there. See, when Ashley is here, she talks about her actual cat that she owns that is real. When I'm here, I recite lyrics from Andrew Lloyd Webber's hit Broadway musical sensation, Cats. And without her here to filter me or limit me in any way, I'm liable to recite the lyrics to every song from memory, even if I'm all alone in the moonlight. Is that too much? That's too much. Here, I'll make it up to you. I'm going to plug Ashley's podcast. Yes, she does a podcast. It's incredible. It's called Taboo Science. Find it on your favorite podcast app. It's not explicit, but it does cover the science behind socially taboo stuff. So listener discretion is advised. There. She didn't ask me to do that. I just wanted to plug Taboo Science because it's a great show, and she's not here to talk about real cats. Link in the show notes. Mr. Misophiles is the best cat. I'll be taking no further questions. Moving on. We also learned that scientists have dredged up a quote-unquote flawed diamond that contained a mineral that had previously only been predicted in lab tests. They call it Dave Mowite, and they suspect that it makes up about 6% of Earth's lower mantle. The diamond may also give scientists clues as to where they can find deep deposits of the radioactive elements that are keeping our planet warm. A so-called flawed diamond telling us something that's not so flawed. As in, new information. Although how useful that information turns out to be has yet to be determined. So the irony turns in on itself. Boy, we learn a lot from a mineral. The physical world, I'm telling you, it's pretty great. So great, I would even choose to live there. Ha! <laughs> No, but seriously, for me, this story is about us finding a little tiny thing that tells us another story, in this case about the Earth's mantle. And, you know, it's great that we found Dave Maui. You know, it really is. 
because where else would we have learned about that story? And this is getting like super meta and philosophical. But when I think about storytelling, I think, what am I the Dave Mowite to? Do you know what I mean? Like, what story will people not hear about or not learn about, at least for a very long time, without that little piece of evidence, without that little keystone, maybe not so little. For example, I have a story rolling around in my head. I have thought for years about doing a podcast miniseries about it. I may actually tell this story in full someday, but I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version. And you tell me if you think this is a story worth telling. Seriously, do email me anytime. Cody at academicpodcasts.com. So picture this. Downtown Chicago, the River North neighborhood, very expensive neighborhood, very high-end, wealthy neighborhood. There was a showroom set up to show off laundry and kitchen appliances from a major appliance brand, but you couldn't buy any of those actual appliances on site. The small appliances were constantly, consistently broken, completely non-functional, like the coffee machines. And instead of selling things, the studio was intended to be a broadcast studio to broadcast cooking shows online to the internet via livestream.com, because back in those days, you couldn't stream live on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch. These live cooking shows would show off induction cooktops that top chefs in Chicago were supposed to use, but often didn't have the right pots and pans to actually function on the induction cooktops during live shows. The live shows were hosted by a colorful cast of characters, including yours truly, that's me, but also including an opera singer, an actual professional opera singer who would perform opera solos in the middle of cooking shows. Every single cooking show featured a live chat correspondent, which was always a young lady sitting on top of a washing machine with a laptop fielding questions from an internet audience in the double digits if the shows were successful. And every show also featured a live performance from a mime who would do things like balance a vacuum cleaner on his chin. And he was known as the world's first spokes mime for a brand that speaks for itself. I didn't make that up. As puntastic as that is, I didn't make that up. The show featured fashion shows. At one point, I believe, locking contestants in the studio for 24 hours to complete designs, as that was live streamed to the world. It featured live performances from rock groups and hip-hop artists and professional harmonica players and beatboxers. Again, this is for cooking shows. Did I mention the sketch comedy group made up of a bunch of young 20-somethings who exclusively performed comedy routines centered around kitchen appliances and laundry appliances. And people in the neighborhood were free to enter the studio at any time and get food, but the food was catered in because the studio itself, where actual live cooking demonstrations were taking place, did not have a catering license. Although the food they served was quite extraordinary, whether it was delicious mole with Mexican food or some of the best Thai food I may have ever had, or just mushroom bites. Mushroom bites? Yeah. Mushroom bites? Yeah, I know. Mushroom bites. Anyway, there is a laundry list, pun intended, of weird stuff that went on at that place. But I am the Dave Mowite of that story. That is the mantle that is buried somewhere. You cannot Google this studio. You cannot find it on Wikipedia. It is virtually lost. 
And I feel as a storyteller that the onus is on me to tell that story. It's up to me to be that Dave Malwhite so that that story is shared and not just buried under the earth's mantle for the rest of time. So anyway, keep an eye on my social media and all that stuff, whatever. I will announce it if I ever get around to that project, but you know, kids and jobs and all that stuff. It's hard. It's hard to find the time, but goodness gracious, I would love to retell some of those tales. Though I will also concede, by the way, that some stories are better left untold. If you're listening to this, you absolutely never need to learn about the Simon Curve, which is undisputably the worst of all curves, at least in the Petersonian sense. And you can tweet at me if you want to know what it is, but I'm just going to tell you right now, you don't need to know. And obviously we all have stories that people will never hear. I'm not saying we all need to be Dave Mowite all the time. There's a time and a place for Dave Mowite, and there's a time and a place to see how many times I can say Dave Mowite in one podcast. But I think I've probably broken the record by now, so Dave Mowite, this is me signing off. Even though you're a glorious rock and you can tell us more about the earth, not a rock, a mineral. They're minerals, Marie. I know, I know, minerals. Today's writers were Cameron Duke and Grant Curran. Curiosity Daily is distributed by Discovery. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. When a new day has begun. Do, 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 do. And until then, stay curious. <laughs>